Real estate investing can be a challenge and overwhelming when you're first getting started, especially considering all the different terms and phrases that get thrown around. Today, I'm going to cover some of the basic terminology used with real estate investing to help you get started on your path towards financial freedom. So stay tuned to this episode of the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show. Welcome to the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show. Be sure to check out our website, theinvestnest.com, and start learning and earning today. Hey everybody, Travis Murphy here, your host of the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, be sure to subscribe, hit the like button. If you're following us on all our social media, subscribe and like there as well. Uh, today we've got a really great show lined up for you. I realized in some of my previous shows, uh, I was probably using some terms and vocabulary that you might not be as familiar with. And when you're first learning uh, or trying to get into and learn about real estate investing, it can be a challenge and somewhat over overwhelming with all the different words that are being used. So today I'm going to drill down and cover some of the basic terminology that's more commonly used with real estate investing to help you get a better foundation and understanding and get you started on your own path towards financial freedom. Educating yourself is critical, not only from comprehending an article, but also having conversations with real estate professionals, whether that's a mortgage lender, a realtor, a potential investor, or business partner. Uh, it's very critical to be able to talk the talk before you can walk the walk. So today I'm gonna get you up to speed on a lot of the common terms used to help you get started on your path towards financial freedom. And to do this, I'm gonna break it down into four overall categories. First, we're gonna discuss a few financial terms. Um, then we're gonna talk about a few terms related to lending. Um, and then thirdly, we're gonna cover some terms about calculating returns. And then the fourth category is just some general terminology um, that's commonly used that will help you get started and moving in the right direction. Financial terminology is not only critical to understanding investing, but also when communicating with partners, investors, and lenders. So here are a few basic terms to help you get started. Asset. An asset is something that can be owned that is of a financial value. This can be anything from cash, gold, a vehicle, or real estate. Liability. A liability is essentially the opposite of an asset, and it is something of value that is owed. So you can think of it as you are liable for something, um, such as a loan. And a liability is also what is referred to as debt. Net worth. Net worth is the sum of all assets minus liabilities. Net worth is typically what is reflected on a balance sheet for a business or a personal financial statement for an individual. And the net worth is the value, more or less, of that individual or that business. Equity. Equity is similar to net worth, but more commonly referred to something specific and is basically what the value of that item is or whatever that thing is after any liabilities associated with it were paid off. So whatever that difference there would be the equity. It is also commonly used as a shareholder or business holder's stake in a business entity. And the value if all of that entity's assets were sold and all of the liabilities were paid off. So as an example, including those terms, if you were to, so if you were to purchase a property, an asset, and get a loan to purchase the property, a liability, the net worth would be the difference of the two. When you first purchase it, that might be zero, but over time as you make payments and the loan balance goes down or the value of that property goes up, that would increase. 
And if you bought this property with another person or a partner and you each owned 50%, then your 50% share of the net worth would be your equity stake or your equity. Income. This is money that is brought in through the operations of the business and in this case it would be the rents collected. Expenses or operating expenses. This is anything that you have to pay in association with running your business or owning a rental property. Think of it, it expenses as money that goes out and income or revenue is money that comes in. Net operating income. This is what's left over after adding up all the revenue and minusing out all the operating expenses. Except for the loan payments, principal and interest, and a few other specific operating expenses. So this is different than net income or profit because that net income or profit would include the interest payments on loans and a few other specific expenses. And this is different than cash flow too because cash flow, as discussed in our previous show, does include the mortgage payments of, and principal and interest. Net operating income or NOI is very critical in understanding the financials and being able to measure the value of larger investment properties such as apartment buildings and commercial space. Next is the cap rate. Now the cap rate probably should and will have a whole show of its own, but for now a simple explanation of the cap rate is the relationship between the value of an income producing property and its net operating income. Ratio between the two is what's referred to as the cap rate and is very critical in determining the returns that an investment property can bring. To find the cap rate of a property, you take the net operating income and divide it by either the purchase price if you're buying it or the sales price if you're trying to sell it. And you can also use it to find the value of a property if you already know what the cap rates are for for similar properties or like properties in your area. Take your own net operating income and multiply it by the, the cap rate to find out what the value of your property might be if you were to try to sell it. For a few financing terms, and now I'm gonna cover a few terms associated with lending. Leverage. When you hear somebody talking about using leverage in real estate, it basically just means getting a loan. It is just borrowed money, either from a bank or even an, another person. It could be a private loan as well. And like I mentioned before, you can think of a, a loan as a liability or a debt. You're basically leveraging somebody else's money for your gain. Loan principal. That is basically the total amount of the loan. And each month if you're repaying the loan, a portion of your payment will go to the principal reduction and reduce the amount that you owe. And if there's interest being charged, a portion of the payment would go to interest. And that brings us to interest rate. Interest is basically the fee being charged to somebody for lending them money and is typically calculated as a percentage of the overall amount of money that's being lent. Amortization. This is basically the amount of time that you have to repay the loan and it's typically calculated in years over 20 years, it simply means that the total principal balance and all of the interest will be paid off in 20 years of equal monthly payments. Balloon payment. Balloon payment is when the loan is actually due before the term of the loan amortization. So you can have a loan that's amortized over 20 years that would give you the calculation of your monthly payment, but it might actually be due in say five years. After five years, a balloon payment would be due, and that would be the remainder of any of the principal balance that has not been paid. Principal reduction. 
principal reduction is basically every month when you make a payment to your loan, a small portion of the principal is reduced. A portion of your payment goes to the principal balance and a portion of it goes to interest. So over time, as you make these payments, you get principal reduction and the loan balance goes down. Debt service. Debt service is the amount of money that you spend repaying a loan, principal and interest, over a given period of time. It's typically calculated over the course of a year. The annual debt service is whatever the monthly loan payment is multiplied by 12, 12 months, or pretty much what you spend over the course of a year repaying the loan, uh, including principal and interest. This is what is referred to as debt service. Calculating the net operating income on a property, or the NOI, as discussed before, you do not include the debt service payments. Debt service coverage ratio. This is commonly referred to as DSCR, and this is uh, the relationship between the net operating income and the annual debt service. If you take the NOI, or the net operating income, and you divide it, by the debt service, you will get the DSCR, or the debt service coverage ratio. Lending institutions typically have a minimum requirement when it comes to DSCR when they're making a loan on a uh, income producing property. So as an example, let's just say after you've owned a property for a year and you've paid all the expenses associated with that property, excluding the debt service or the loan payments, you're left over, you would be left over with $75,000. And if the debt service for that property over the course of a year is $50,000, or all the loan payments for that year is $50,000, you would take the NOI, $75,000, and divide it by the debt service, $50,000. And that gives you a DSCR of 1.25. And basically, banks look at this and use this to make sure that after all the bills are paid, there's plenty of money left over to pay them back uh, for the loan over the course of the year, including a buffer, which is why it's generally has to be higher than one. If, it, if the DSCR was one, then whatever was left over would only be enough to pay the mortgage back, but they wanna make sure that there's a buffer there. So usually like a 1.25 and up is what's required. And the lower the DSCR, uh, the more risky the loan would be because it doesn't leave as much of a buffer if any unexpected expenses came up it would be that much less money left over to pay the, the bank back so they want to make sure that there's a there's plenty of money after all the bills are paid to still cover the mortgage and then some agency debt agency debt basically just means debt that is backed by the u.s government uh, either by fannie mae or freddie mac just the basic terms associated with lending up next, I'm going to talk about uh, a few terms and phrases that is commonly used in association with calculating returns of an investment. But before we do that, it's time for our quick tip brought to you by our show sponsor, Buckman & Company. Buckman & Company is a landscape design and installation company specializing in lawn care, hardscaping, and snow removal. So for any of your property care needs, be sure to visit buckmanandcompany.com today. Be sure you factor in all the potential costs associated with owning a rental property, such as snow removal. A lot of times people don't consider this if they don't live in an area that gets a lot of snow, but if you do, 
make sure you factor that into your cost because depending on the amount of snow that you get, it could be costly and will definitely affect your cash flow. Get back to the show with a few more terms associated with calculating returns. Cash flow. So we did a whole show last week on calculating cash flow, but now that you're starting to learn some of these other terms, just a quick recap. Cash flow is basically the money that's left over after factoring in all of the operating expenses, including the debt service or the mortgage repayment. Return on investment. Basically, it means what it says. It is basically how much money or profit was made expressed as a percentage of what it cost to acquire that property. And it can be calculated in many different ways, but when looking at different investment opportunities, if you apply it evenly, it's a great way to compare different investment properties to see which one is gonna give you a higher anticipated return. Cash on cash return. Cash on cash return is the amount of income returned by an investment property compared to the amount spent or invested in the property. Typically calculated over the course of a year and reflected as a percentage of the amount invested. Rate of return and internal rate of return. These can be pretty complex and are really not needed when you're just getting started, but they basically calculate the total return of an investment over the whole life of the investment. Uh, but like I said, it's a little bit complex for right when you're just getting started. So we'll dive into these deeper in future shows. A few terms associated with just some general information and general practices of real estate investing. Owner occupied. This is a dwelling that the owner of the dwelling does not reside in or does not live in. And this is important when you're applying for a loan. It will, it will make a difference. Residential dwelling. A residential dwelling is a dwelling that consists of between one and four units. So a single family residence, a townhome, a duplex, a triplex, or a quadplex. Uh, anything one through four is referred to as a residential dwelling. Commercial dwelling. Commercial dwellings are over four units. So think of a small apartment building up to a large apartment building. Multi, multi-family properties. These are commercial dwellings. Rent roll. The rent roll is a document that uh, displays all of a dwelling's units and the rent collected for each of those units. And usually it will include the tenant's name or if it's vacant and the amount of rent collected by each unit. And this is used to verify the income of a property that it receives through rents. Due diligence or due diligence period. So this is the period of time after you go under contract with the property that you have to vet the property. This is when you're gonna to wanna to do any inspections, verify the financials, and any other thing that you need to investigate uh, about the property before you close. Profit or loss or income statement. This is a financial report of a business or an investment property that would show all of the income produced and all the expenses paid out over a certain period of time, showing, revealing either a profit or a loss. To again verify the income of, pro of a property and determine the expenses or the costs of owning and running that property. Trailing 12 or T12 or trailing 12 month. This is financial data of a property or a business for the previous 12 consecutive months. Does not mean for a set year, January through December, but just the, the 12 previous consecutive months. 
and it can vary in the different type of data that you're collecting, but it's most commonly collected by a profit and loss statement or a monthly profit and loss statement or income statement for the 12 consecutive previous months to get an accurate reflection of the stability of the property and how much money it's bringing in versus how much money it's is going out. Balance sheet. A balance sheet is a financial statement that reflects all of the assets and liabilities of a business or individual. This is what determines the net worth of a business or the equity that the owner or owners hold in that business. I know this has been a lot of information crammed into one quick and short show and may not have been that entertaining, but these are critical terms. So I hope you guys got something out of it and you can go back and re-listen to certain parts if there's any uh, specific terms that you wanna have a better understanding of. I hope you can use this, this show as a resource uh, either bookmark it or save it so that you can go back to it and re-listen when you need to. But understanding these terms is not only crucial to understanding, investing, and calculating returns, but also just being able to communicate with other uh, real estate professionals. Again, whether that's your lender, your real estate agent, a business partner, or a potential investor, uh, you need to be able, you need to understand these terms and know them in order to communicate accurately. Educating yourself is investing in yourself. And the more you invest in yourself, the better chance you're gonna give yourself for success. There's always more to learn. There's books out there to read. There's YouTube videos to watch. There's podcasts to, to subscribe to. I continue to try to learn each day. And the more that we learn, the better chances we will have at success. So for more information like this, be sure to visit theinvestnest.com and create a free membership subscribe to our YouTube channel and podcast as well. And a special quote in light of today's show by the late, great Jim Rohn, self-education will lead to a fortune. So get out there and get started, everybody. Thanks for joining me today. This is Travis Murphy, your host of the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show. For more information, visit theinvestnest.com.